here we are at the FATV studios, and I'm sitting here with Lauren O'Brien, who's the Associate Director of Counseling Services at Fitchburg State University. And today we're going to be talking about pausing and the, the impact that can have on your life. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm happy you're here. And I thought you would be a really great person to talk to for a couple different reasons. We met at a wellness event at Fitchburg State University and you led a meditation session. That was really cool. So I wanted to kind of talk about that. And also you're within your job, I'm guessing that you kind of interact with a lot of students and faculty and all of that stuff that, you know, probably could need a pause because it's stressful to be a college student and a teacher and everything. So... Um, yeah, so do you, can you kind of get into, talk to me a little bit about how you started meditation and how you got into teaching it? Sure. So that's a great question. I, I started, I guess, leading meditation when I worked in corrections as a correctional mental health provider, um, several years ago at this point. And one of the groups that I ran was a meditation group. And um, people would sign up to, to show up to this meditation group and just take time to relax, to unwind, to center themselves, to take a nap, whatever it is that they needed to do. And it was such an important space and place to do that, too. So I had some practice leading meditations there, and I found it to be not only impactful for those who were joining the group, but also for myself too. It allowed for me to really pause and understand, okay, it's good to breathe. It's good to take a moment to center myself so that I could do the work and show up and be present for, for those I was working with in mental health. I can imagine, yes, with that, that's fascinating. I didn't know that, Lauren. So, um, what would be your methods for pausing? Is it is it through the literally just sitting down and breathing, or how would you go about leading a session with some of the folks that would attend those sessions? So those who would attend those sessions, yeah. um, it was a bit more structured because of where we were. Mm -hmm. So we had a time limit. Typically, what I would do is allow for people to choose whether or not they wanted to sit lie down, have their eyes open, eyes closed, and really just lead them into deep breathing, kind of reflecting on what their body was doing, um, think about where their head was at too, without trying to change anything, but just be really aware of that. And I think that that allowed for a lot of awareness to be just present, just to be grounded. And that in itself was so important too. We would move on from that to read some passages or you hear some quotes and reflect on those individually as well, or even just take a nap, really. Yeah. Do you feel like it made a difference for people? I think so. People would come back. It seemed to be really well attended. And then for you, do you have any personal strategies that you use in your daily life with pausing? And I'm curious to hear about that. That's a great question. And honestly, I sort of struggled with thinking about how I was going to explain how I paused too. Um, as I was reflecting myself on that, uh, I recognized that I'm really good at saying it's, 
important to take time for ourselves. It's important to be able to recognize when to say no and when to slow down. But sometimes, if not a lot of times, even more recently, I've noticed myself um, really needing that message more so too. So when I notice, in particular in my body, I have uh, signals. So I hold a lot of stress in my shoulders or in my jaw. If I notice that come up for me, then I recognize, okay, I need to slow down. Um, And I think I'm in a cycle right now in my life where I'm taking those physical cues and then slowing down rather than proactively pausing and benefiting from it um, that way. So I think when I'm recognizing that I have those physical cues, then I will I'll breathe. I'll take a couple deep breaths if that's all I have time for. Or I love to connect with nature. I love to be able to move my body in different ways, whether it's yoga or playing sports, being active, being in nature. That's how I find benefit in pausing too, just slowing down in that way, doing something a little different. It's interesting that you were saying you were taking cues from your body because I think that the ability to notice in your body that you're stressed is actually a skill set in itself because the way that our culture is sort of structured, I think sometimes our mind and our body are two separate things and we don't really put them together. So did that take you a little bit of time to make that connection? Definitely. It takes a lot of awareness and I'm not perfect with it either. I know that there are times when I'm more acutely aware of what's going on in my body. And then there are times where I'm thinking, oh, wow, that came out of nowhere when in reality it probably didn't. I was just so caught up in my thoughts or busy with life that I just didn't recognize it. And that seems to be a sign that I need to slow down. So it's almost like the first step is becoming aware sometimes of where you're at and then figuring out how to take the pause. And the the figuring it out of where you're at, that that for me has been kind of a journey because, like I said, it's just like kind of your mind can take over with this like to-do list and all these different things and even when I'm trying to pause through meditation or walking and trying to really focus just on what I'm doing, those thoughts of the to-do list and everything else, it's really hard to not have them sort of take up the space. Absolutely. I think this happens for everybody. And I, I know that I speak with student clients all the time about this too, and I have to practice it myself, I find that for me, the easiest way to increase awareness is to really focus on my senses. For me, I'm more of a visual person, typically. I really enjoy art. I like to get my hands messy with art or with gardening, too. And so when I'm doing things like that, when I'm involved in getting my senses activated, that's when I really can become aware of what is physically going on with me. And that helps, I think, as the more you practice it, too. Practice is the key. Yeah, <laughs> Consistent sure. practice is the key. That's what I'm learning um, over the course of time. It needs to be almost embedded in your daily life um, in a way that it's just like another thing that happens throughout the day. Because I think I've gone through phases where um, I'll be pausing pretty consistently through meditation 
or, you know, morning walks, all of these things, then something will happen and it will like something will throw me off course and it'll be less consistent. And I notice the difference for me. I really do notice the difference if I'm doing it every day and then when I'm not and it catches up with you. It really does. Absolutely. I can relate to that. And then, so your work with college students, and I'm, I think I'm going to have um, a couple college students come on that are my nieces and nephews. They don't go to Fitchburg State University, but I feel like the mental health crisis, there is a mental health crisis happening in public school systems, across colleges, and for you, this is something I always wonder as you're counseling, is it hard not to absorb the stress that people are bringing in, or how do you navigate that? So I've been doing mental health work for a number of years now, and I think with the idea of practice, I've gained some skills in being able to recognize when it's important to balance holding on to all of the stress that you're hearing from somebody else and putting that somewhere, whether it's processing it through, you know, just thinking about it in my commute home uh, as I sit in traffic or something or as I, you know, go and play volleyball in the court or something like that, or even, you know, having a, a chat, a heart-to-heart with a friend that has maybe nothing to do with whatever somebody shared with me, but just connecting with others. Those are areas that I think I need to actively practice um, to find balance, because you're right, it, it's a lot. It's a lot to hold, and I, I love my job. And it can be stressful, but it also can be so rewarding, too. And I think that that's what keeps me going. The When you say connecting with others, that I feel like is one of the magical keys to um, creating space and balance. And <clears throat> I think that with the pandemic, this is like a slow burn of trying to bring it back with connection and with community-based events, or I don't know, even at the universities, um, it can be hard, I think, it was because we've been so disconnected, coming back together is, I mean, it, it was like a good two and a half years that we all had to be separated, and that has an impact. That, that can't not have an impact, I think, on your mental health, because connection is sort of, at least for me, the way that I can place myself again in my life or, you know, it makes me feel good to connect. Absolutely. So yes, connection, I think is totally a key to that. And do you have any suggestions for people that might feel lonely or ways to connect even like back with community or how do you connect? So fair question. Um, I think it's a very individual thing. So for me, when I have noticed that I'm craving connection, I, I, I have experienced anxiety myself too. And I know what it feels like to be nervous about going out there, connecting with people you don't know or, or trying new things. But I have time and time again found so much benefit in pushing myself to do that and to allow myself to be human and maybe mess up and get back up on my feet too, but to be vulnerable and 
allow for space to connect with others, to try new things, to keep things spontaneous, I think it it not only gives you that sense of connection and community, for me, it also, you know, it sparks something inside of me too. It makes me feel a little bit more alive. And so I, I really like that. I, I don't know if I have necessarily some advice for someone who's lonely in particular, but I really think a person needs to tap into what it is that they need. And so I mean, asking themselves, all right, what do I need at any given moment? Do I, do I need to be by myself right now? Do I need that space to just think or do whatever I have to do? Or do I need to go try something new? Do I need to reach out to a friend? Do I need to just be surrounded by people at a coffee shop? Those are the questions that I think are helpful to ask because sometimes you're sitting there with this emotion and you don't even know where to start figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So those questions I think are really useful in, in progressing and creating a pause, creating space, and just feeling better. Um, before we wrap up our time on this pause podcast, do you have anything you'd like to add or thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I think just to reiterate this notion of really using yourself as an instrument, so to say, that I can, I can use my body, I can use what I have physically to give me some clues about what it is that I may need in a given moment, or even mentally, emotionally. And I think it's just so important that we make space to be aware of that. And I think we do that through practice and to be graceful in knowing that we're human and that we're not going to be able to do that all of the time. It can be so freeing and so centering too, but I think that's so important to just check in with yourself. What do I need today? That might be very different than what I need tomorrow or later this afternoon. Beautiful. Thank you, Lauren, for being here. Thank you.